1: It's a fact. If the riches of the wealthy were suddenly given to the average American, the rich would have most of their wealth back in no time at all. Not because they're more deserved, but because they do a great job of getting us to spend it back to them. And once in their hands, they work it to their self-interest. The host of Get Rich Slow, Jim McAlees, believes the financial decisions you make today will guide your financial destiny tomorrow. Jim teaches you to plan for the worst and then hope for the best. America is under no obligation to provide what you need. Entitlements are out. Opportunity is today's watchword. Money matters can be intimidating, but they don't have to be. So start or supercharge your wealth-building plan now with Jim McAleese.
2: Good morning, and welcome to Get Rich Flow. This is your money school for financial winners. Here, we strategies to help you prosper. We look at the big picture, and then develop plans, plans to help guide our families to meet their financial goals. Get Rich Flow gives you solid financial strategies, strategies that will help improve your financial life. If you want to not Dr. Hyde, please join us for the next hour for Get Rich Slow. I'm Jim McAleese, certified financial planner and president of Cornerstone Consultants Incorporated, where securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group Incorporated, which is a member of FINRA and Civic. Cornerstone Consultants is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. Well, this past week, we enjoyed the cool, warm weather along with the change of the scenery as the, as the trees showed off their new foliage of yellows and oranges and reds. But the change in color happened so rapidly. Yesterday, we were driving to Cleveland, and the trees were bare for long stretches of the highway. Another sign that basically winter is coming. And this week, the weather has been chillier with... Uh, maybe some snow in the forecast. In fact, I'm looking out the window right now, and we got some snow flurries. They're being, they're being called flurries. You yeah, know, they're, they're just uh, really, really light uh, snow flurries. And nothing, nothing laying on the ground. And uh, another sign that winter is coming. But I'm still hoping for that It'd be in summer before Thanksgiving. We all know that... Uh, uh, winter's coming, but we can still enjoy being outside, either to finish up the yard work or maybe take a long walk or bike ride. Every time I go outside, I can always find another job to do something to, or something to add to the list, things like uh, checking the outside uh, water faucets and replacing the outside lights and getting the uh snow removal equipment in shape and the leap raking yeah, that's an ongoing exercise for the next few weeks so you know we got the time to do it we've got the weather to do it a little chilly but uh, still good working weather and uh, uh in when we're finished working we can come indoors and uh and uh, look at our the economy and how it's affecting our investment goals This week, global equities were again mixed. In the United States, the three major stock indices were down for the week. In the UK and European Union, the FTSE 100 and the DAC and the uh, stock Europe 600 were all up for the week. And in Asia, China was up and Japan was slightly down for the week. On Friday, the three major stock indices closed at uh, Dow Jones Industrial Average at 36,100.31. That means it was down six-tenths of a percent for the week. Uh, that's after being up, I think, five or six weeks, in the previous five or six weeks. And then the Standard & Poor 500 uh, closed at 4,682.85. So it was also down three-tenths of a percent for the week. And the Nasdaq closed at fifteen thousand eight hundred and sixty point nine six, and it was down uh, seven tenths of a percent for the week. You know the the thing that uh, shocked the uh, the equities markets this week uh, was how the inflation had accelerated. Uh, now there are concerns that the price increases and it may not be as temporary as originally thought. I'm still of the camp that uh, it'll be it, they'll they'll work their way through these supply chains by the middle of next uh, year. In the U.S., the first uh, the fiscal stimulus of uh, the six trillion dollars since March of uh, 2020, together with the zero policy rates and direct bond purchases from the Federal Reserve, have kept borrowing rates low, and that's. Uh, that has inflated the stock market as well as the home prices, and in turn has boosted uh, demand uh, about three times uh, the average growth rate. So the U.S. personal consumption expenditures were up uh, 7.4% so far this year, and that's causing a recovery from the COVID uh, after the COVID shutdown that was stronger and and basically, broader than anticipated. You know, businesses and companies were caught flat-footed as the demand overwhelmed the production and supply capability, which in turn had been decreased because of the COVID uh, uh, pandemic. In the United States, we could see the inflation increase, but this week, the published data from the Department of Labor for the Consumer Price Index and the Producer price index for October struck a nerve uh, with a consumer price index increase of 6.2 over the previous 12 months. That's the highest increase in the last 30 years since 1990. It's not anywhere near comparable to what we saw in the late 70s, but uh, the monthly increase uh, uh, from September to October was up nine tenths of a percent uh, from four tenths of a percent the previous month. In addition to that, we saw the uh, producer price index. Uh, that's the, <clears throat> call it the factory gate uh, uh, index, where uh, this is the manufactured goods that go off to uh, things, uh, companies other than the consumers. So, uh, the uh, producer price index for October uh, was up six-tenths of 1% for the month from September to October, and 8.6% uh, from uh, for the last 12 months. Uh, uh, consumer prices in the U.S. exceeded the most extreme uh, expectations in October. They were up nine-tenths of a 1% for the month. Uh, that lifted the 12 uh, month rate to 6.2 uh, core prices for the uh, consumer price index. If we exclude food and fuel, uh, that also topped expectations, and that was up uh, six tenths of 1% for the month or 4.6% uh, for the last uh, uh, 12 months. You know, we'll talk about the uh, the consumer price index for uh, October later in the show. In addition, uh, we'll also talk about that producer price index, which uh, standing at uh, increases of uh, 8.6% over the last 12 months is kind of a, uh, scary and worrisome. It's greater than the 8% producer price index that they're seeing in Japan. Uh, but less than the 13.5% uh, producer price index in China. That was the latest read in China. So producer, price in this, producer prices have surged to the fastest annual pace in basically four decades. As this, uh, and this uh, disruption of the global supply chain and has created all sorts of problems in the supply chains as well as labor shortages, and the reopening of the demand has basically pushed up the costs uh, for production as well as for shipments. So, while the inflation numbers were surprising for October, <clears throat> and concerning, uh, the aggregate earnings uh, numbers for the third quarter for the same standard and poor 500 index were on track to reach a new all-time uh, quarterly record of $475.8 billion. So what we see in the stock market, the stock market continues to move forward with uh, a little volatility because the companies have been raking in solid earnings, even with the global supply chain problems and the uh, continuing but lessening uh, COVID Delta variant. uh According to the Wall Street Journal, a significant majority of the Standard and Poor 500 companies have already uh, reported third-quarter earnings. That uh, thus far, or after about 82 percent of the, 82 percent of the companies have exceeded earnings <clears throat> forecast, And I reported a while ago that the. Uh, Standard than four or 500 uh, companies are expected to grow their profits by something like uh, uh, 39 to 40% from the third quarter of 2020. So the secret so far has been uh, pricing power. Uh, financial results uh, from the major companies show that uh, strong demand and pricing power has enabled them to insulate themselves from the uh, global uh, global supply chain disruptions and uh, that's causing this steepening inflation results where the consumer price index is up 6.2% over the last 12 months the producer price index is up 8.6% over the last 12 months and the import prices are up basically 9.4% over the last 12 months so Companies are passing on the higher prices along with the customers, you know, basically uh, with some pushback, but not a lot. And uh, a and, uh, uh, little few cancellations. For example, you know, the uh, <clears throat> new SUVs and truck prices, they they spiked up 19% in 10 months to 44000 average of $44,000. While monthly sales go down and uh, profits are maintained, so uh, the economy, you know, even with these bouts of inflation, uh, is still strong. Uh, we have the headwinds of the COVID and the COVID we come down from um, uh, September, you know, and uh, the Delta variant, and it seems to have stabilized uh, the number of uh, Nationwide, the number of new cases uh, stood at seventy-nine thousand a day ago, and uh, that shows an increase of about nine percent from the uh, from two weeks prior to that, which is kind of concerning because that was going down, down, down. The hospitalizations uh, for the COVID stand at forty-four twenty. Six thousand. That's down ten percent. And the deaths stand at eleven hundred and twenty. These are national numbers, and that's down eighteen percent
3: for Ohio. Uh,
2: the cases stand at uh, four thousand four hundred and forty-seven, and that's basically a four. Uh, that's up thirty percent in the last fourteen days. The hospitalizations are down. Uh, to 2,465. That's down 16%. And the deaths have apparently uh, stabilized at 82 uh, deaths per day. And uh, what you're looking at there is the hopefully the COVID has stabilized. Uh, more and more people are becoming immune to it, either by having caught the COVID and, and uh, survived or my vaccinations and the, basically, I'm looking at the supply chain co- chaos, and uh, uh, you know that I explained that last week. That is a, uh, a <laughs> that's a real mess in terms of trying to figure out what's real and what's not real. In other words, uh, uh, you order products, and the supplier. They can only deliver a half of your order, and then give you a price increase, and and uh, and then you suddenly, you figure out. Well, I'm going to I order twice as much, and uh, then when I get my inventory built up, I'll cancel uh, the orders. So, between the real uh, disruptions of the uh, of the uh, supplies, particularly in the hard goods and the uh, gamesmanship with regard to uh, uh, increasing their prices. One guy's increasing their prices, the other guy's increasing his orders with regard to, uh, if he can cancel those orders after he builds up his inventory, uh, that that thing should uh, unwind, that chaos should unwind. By the middle of next year, with uh, multiple suppliers and also, uh, you know, uh, people building up their inventories to the point where they're not so vulnerable to uh, increases in prices. So, uh, we also see that uh, if you take a look at the economy, the factory orders are up uh, for October. The Institute of Supply Management, who uh, it takes a look at manufacturing in both manufacturing and services. Uh, they talk, they talk to, uh, the suppliers in those, uh, the, the managers in those particular areas of manufacturing and, uh, uh, how's it going this month versus last month in terms of, um, orders, shipments, uh, backlogs, uh, uh, delivery times, uh, prices paid, uh, employment, well, all these things they ask them about. And then they grind the numbers down into uh, a number that where 50 represents an index number where 50 represents uh, a neutral economy and anything above 50 indicates expansion, anything less than 50 indicates a contraction. And ever since the mm-hmm. Ever since, let's say, uh, uh, March or April of last year, the economy has been uh, growing. And right now in October, it stood uh, at uh, 61.1, up from uh, uh, 60.8 uh, the previous month. The same thing for services. Uh, the services stood at uh, 66.7. That's a big jump. That's a big rise over 50, a neutral 50. And that rose uh, from the 61.9 in the previous month. So the economy is doing good. The money is there. Uh, Basically, the demand is overwhelming the supply and causing inflation. And uh, we just have to get through these, basically, these two headwinds of the COVID and and in that case, the direction is positive in the sense that we've got more each day, more and more people become immune to the COVID. And also the, uh, uh, the supply chain uh, situation will work itself out, too. You know, in the, in the big picture, uh, the economy is doing, the economy is working its way through it, uh, there's too much demand uh, for the supply available, and also the uh, uh, the companies are uh, doing well in terms of everybody is passing along price increases uh, to the next guy down the line. So in the in the big in the big picture, things are fighting their way through and. Uh, Uh, I'm not that concerned about it. Uh, The little, the the micro picture, which is our financial planning, you and I as individuals. uh, Hopefully, that is in good shape too. Hopefully, uh, uh, in terms of the uh, plans, your plans, in terms of uh, uh, let's say the younger people buying houses, uh, they're going through. uh, All sorts of problems with regard to the price of housing, Uh, the uh, raising the family with regard to the the, uh, problems with the schools and and the the teaching curriculums, the the issues with regard to uh, uh, paying for all of this, uh, paying for the family, the cost of living, the I mentioned it, I don't know whether I mentioned it, but uh, in my perspective, the inflation is primarily driven by all this, uh, uh, the short labor supply due to the COVID as well as the uh, the, the chaos in the supply chains. And that'll go away, that'll decrease from where it's at right now to a reasonable 3% or maybe even 2.5%. Uh, in the latter part of uh, 2022, next year. So I look at it and I say, okay, uh, the big picture looks uh, uh, doable. Uh, The uh, the question is, how does our financial plan look? How does our planning, where we actually sit down and we say, uh, we have goals, we've identified the goals, Uh, we've identified the time schedule where uh, these goals appear. We've identified what they're going to cost and how we're going to set up a system of uh, a savings in investing and utilizing the compounding effect of the interest to get to that goal. So, uh, and we've uh, developed a, a plan for that, and we've also developed a schedule by which we review the plan every, you know, every quarter or every. Uh, month and see how it's going, you know, and see if we had, need to make some changes in our savings plans or uh, in our uh, employment plan. Uh, right now, there's a tremendous demand for uh, labor, and uh, the number of uh, job positions that are open there is something like 10 Million jobs are open, and we only have about seven million unemployed people. So we have more jobs than unemployed people. It's a good time to uh, find a a, uh, a new career, perhaps that uh, uh, will where the company will train you uh, to do a more uh, skilled task and increase your uh, income. So the the idea here is to get the plan together and uh, stay on top of it and make decisions with regard to savings and investment uh, that meet your goals. So this is Jim McAleese. And this is Jim McAleese. You can uh, give us a call over our toll-free number. Uh, it's 1-888-281-1110. That toll-free number is one 281 1110. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Get With Play. This is your host. morning, Jim McAleese. You can give us a call over our toll-free number. It's one 888 You know, let's talk about this. Uh, uh, these uh, consumer price index numbers that uh, uh, kind of uh, uh, woke up the uh, stock market this week. You know, all of us have been watching these prices go up, and the uh, ones we notice first are the food and the gasoline, you know, because we buy them on a regular basis, and particularly the, the uh, uh, food prices. You know, we've seen food prices go up, and we see meat uh, prices for meats and stuff like that go up, and uh, yet we see steers uh, out on the field uh, who should have been, shipped off to the packing plants uh, uh, three months ago. They're still there. The packing plants can't handle uh, the uh, uh, the uh, food supply, the number of steers. So, you know, they went down in the COVID, and uh, they're, they're still trying to work their way up to uh, full staffing and uh, uh, the throughput that they had before. So there's... There's all sorts of reasons for the increase in prices. The fuel prices, are, hey, when the global economy uh, woke up and uh, the uh, the uh, countries around the world began to uh, in demand more oil and natural gas and everything else, uh, it was a case of supply and demand. So uh, uh, we're going to see the oil prices go up, perhaps even more. Uh, one of the things we're seeing in China right now is uh, uh, they have uh, blackouts every once in a while, in a, well, not every once in a while, on a frequent basis, because uh, they can't keep up uh, the power generation because of the uh, coal supply. Uh, so you're seeing that in terms of areas around the world where. Um, the demand for these energy products is is extremely high. In a lot of these cases, in uh, OPEC countries, the uh, oil prices and the revenues that they get from oil is part of the national uh, budget. So uh, they'd like to see it at $120 a barrel rather than $82 a barrel. So this week, the Department of uh, Labor reported in their consumer price index for October that uh, U.S. inflation accelerated in October as uh, the shortages of labor and materials continued to push up prices. And uh, uh, the uh, consumer price index that measures what uh, consumers pay for a basket of goods rose nine tenths of 1% in October from September, and that's faster than in September and equal to uh, equal to June's high, high point of nine-tenths uh, of 1% per month. So on an annual basis, inflation picked up uh, with the CPI raising uh, 6.2% in October from a year ago, and that's the highest since 1990, which was basically a well, little over 30 years ago. In uh, October, the so-called core uh, price index, which excludes uh, food and energy, rose 4.6% from a year earlier. And that's basically the highest it's been since uh, 1991. So if you take a look at it, what you're seeing is that the unusually high demand, that's a critical factor in driving higher inflation and spending jumped at 11.9% in the second quarter as more people received uh, COVID uh, vaccinations and businesses reopened and trillions of dollars in federal aid course through the economy. So consumer spending continues to surge in August and September and October. So the shortage of workers is also good, driving up wages putting pressures on uh, companies to raise prices. The sharp uptick in restaurant prices during the past few months has signed uh, this pass-through from wages into higher prices. Companies are struggling uh, with uh, scarce materials uh, and uh, scarcity materials, and that's caused by a combination of uh, screwed-up uh, supply chains as well as disrupted production, and elevated demand. So the combination of uh, truck driver shortage and continued uh, consumer demands for goods has basically gummed up the ports and uh, caused demand delays in deliveries of goods and uh, shipping. uh, Prices have soared. According to the National Federation of Independent Businesses, uh, these are the small businesses uh, people. many companies, most most companies are passing along higher labor and material costs to the consumer. In October, 53% of the small businesses said that they were raising prices, and uh, that's the most, that's the highest percentage since uh, 1986. Prices for groceries, gasoline, heating oil, uh, rose along with the cost of new vehicles, if you can get one,
3: and rent
2: and furniture. And uh, the only thing that fell last month was uh, airline fares and alcohol. It looks like some of these... Yes, indeed. <laughs> Life's necessities. <laughs> it's a, it's a, some of these supply chains and inventory challenges are going to stick with us for a bit longer, at least through the rest of the year, people are saying. But my prediction, and I, I think it's the prediction of the Federal Reserve, too, is that... Uh, uh, it'll be around to the middle of. Well, it'll taper down towards the middle of uh, next year, and uh, uh, you know, rising energy prices uh, um, keep prices aloft. Consumers are already feeling this as gasoline prices now average. I think it's about three dollars and twenty-five cents a gallon. Uh, the U.S. is is going to affect the heating uh, system too. The uh, The U.S. Energy Information Administration predicted that the cost to heat our homes is going up this winter, depending upon how you heat your homes. In other words, if you heat your homes with heating oil, expect the the, this winter is going to cost you 43 percent more. If you're heating with natural gas, it's going to be another. It's going to be 30 percent up. If you're heating with electricity. It'll go up 6%. If you're heating with propane, uh, it could go up 54%. So, uh, this is basically uh, prices are going up and up and up. And uh, uh, even uh, higher home prices are starting to filter through the data in terms of the data that the government is uh, providing. You know, I can go down through the list and say, okay. Uh, how much of uh, how much of the how much of things increased in the last year? Uh, food has increased five point three percent in the last year. Food at home has increased five point four percent. Takeout food has include, increased increased five point three percent. Gasoline prices have gone up forty nine point six percent. Uh, Fuel oil has gone up 59.1%. Electricity has gone up 11.1%, 6.5%, excuse me, and natural gas has gone up at 28.1%. That's from October of 2020 to October of 2021. So if you take out food and fuel, Uh, all the rest of this um, uh, amounts to an increase of 4.6%. And if you're taking a look at, uh, for instance, like used cars and trucks, that's gone up 26.4% in the last 12 months. New vehicles have gone up 9%. Uh, Shelter is a big part. Shelter is one-third of the basket of uh, the goods in the consumer price index basket, and that's gone up 3.5% over the last 12 months. So things are going up, and uh, uh, there's just no way of, of uh, evading or getting out of the way of all this stuff. So uh, the uh, I think what's going to happen is that uh, People are going to start, uh, economizing, uh, but there's such a great demand in the economy, uh, because of the buildup in the savings plans, the savings accounts over, over this, uh, last nine months or last year, you know, people haven't gone on vacations, people haven't gone to restaurants, uh, people haven't gone to sporting events, uh, your home prices are, uh, are increasing. Your investments are increasing. So uh, there's a lot of money out there in the economy. Uh, let's take a break for a second here. This is uh, Jim McAleese. If you're listening to Get This Slow, you can give us a call over our toll-free number. It's one 888 281 10 Stay tuned. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor.
1: Hi, this is Colleen, producer of Get Rich Slow. Each week we take calls from people just like you that have questions for our host, Jim McAleese. Oftentimes Jim can't answer the questions in depth because of time restraints or the need for more detailed information. That's why we encourage you to call Cornerstone Consultants Inc., the financial counseling service founded by Jim and Tama McAleese cornerstone consultants inc has helped thousands of clients get more for their money whether your financial goal is to avoid common investing mistakes buying your next home planning for retirement finding that right mutual fund or covering your assets with the right kind of insurance cornerstone consultants inc will guide you to wise financial choices So call Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. for an appointment today at 440-647-2793. That number again, 440-647-2793. Now back to more Get Rich Slow.
2: Back to get rich flow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. Uh, you can give us a call of a toll free number, it's 1 888 281 11 You know, the I'm talking about the strength of this economy, and uh, uh, this week the job openings and labor turnover survey they called it the Jolts Report from the Department of Labor came out, and uh, uh. It showed a very strong demand for labor. The available jobs, you know, measured by watch ads and newspapers and the internet, corporate bulletin boards, and every place else, uh, now stands at 10,438,000 as of the last day of September. This is before September. And uh, it was up at 10,629,000. Uh, the previous month and uh, uh, what you're seeing is that there's more jobs you know there's ten ten point ten million four hundred and thirty eight thousand job openings uh, there's something supposedly like seven point4 million un, unemployed people uh, the number of hires last month only uh, in September was six million four hundred and fifty nine. But a lot of those were people who had quit previous jobs and moved over to other jobs. Uh, the uh, separations uh, in September stood at six million two hundred eighteen thousand, and most of those separations were eighty uh, percent of them were quits, where people had jobs and uh, uh, found a job that paid more. In other words, this is the this is the uh, nightmare of most companies today is that, uh, you know, somebody's missing and uh, everybody wants to know where Charlie went. You know, Charlie, uh, where's Charlie? He's not here anymore. Well, it generally isn't the fact that was fired. It's generally the fact that uh, Charlie found a new job and, uh, and he left here. And everybody wants to know where he went because he didn't leave here uh, as a lateral he left there as a for a raise so uh, everybody wants to know well let's see who's hiring and uh, what are they paying so um, what you're seeing is that the, the quits uh, last month were four million four hundred and thirty four thousand so uh, what you're seeing from the uh, the job openings went down uh, 1.8% for the September hirings down six tenths of 1%, but the quits were up 3.8%. So, uh, people are finding that it's, it's, uh, uh there are other jobs out there. We've mentioned this before. Uh, if you're, if you're thinking about changing your career, uh, looking for uh, a career that uh, has uh, better benefits or better pay. Uh, there's a lot of companies that are, are looking for people now and will take the time and effort to train people uh, uh, and, uh, to fill the slots because they're just talking about people out there and the demand is there and uh, they need the people. So a large number of job openings uh, gives you a glimpse of the size of the economy. You know, we're talking about, we talk about the number of workers in this country. We're talking about 158 million people. Uh, we have a total population of about 320 million people, and uh, the working workers uh, number 158 million. And uh, basically, what you're saying is that uh, every month uh, there's uh, hiring. Uh, the number of hires each month is about 4.4% of the total work population, and the number of quits every month is about uh, 3.2% of the working population. give you an idea of what 4.4% looks like, that's 6,459,000 6, people who are hired, and a number of quits at 33.2% of the, pop- of the workers is four million four hundred and thirty four thousand. So there's a lot of people moving in this society and as a in this workforce. There's a lot of moving parts. And uh, basically I, I I track this uh, uh, information to get an idea of just where the where the action is so to speak. And uh, the total number of job openings is a, remains a huge uh, 10,438,000 10, jobs, and that's well over the expected number for September of 10,300,000 jobs. Uh, looking at the jobs Report two months ago, uh, we noted that for the first time, there were over 2 million more vacant jobs than unemployed workers. And so we fast forward to the day, and despite the top job openings, the number of unemployed workers uh, dropping even more, there's been a new record: 2.8 million more vacant uh, openings, more vacancies and job openings than there are unemployed people. Uh, with that in mind, let's go to our let's go to our phones. Hello, this is uh, Mr. Michael, How in. are you?
4: Yeah, hi. Hey, uh, listening yourself? since the yeah since listening since the old Tama these days. Uh, just That's wanted good. To, good. to throw in some info on why sure. those ships are backed up in California. Well, you know Gavin Newsom and the boys and the EPA of California put in new strict, stringent uh, uh, new codes for uh, truckers to come in. They had to be like three-year-old trucks. They had to have all this uh you know specialized uh you know emission standards that nobody can uh, pretty much pass, so you, you you you've lost like forty or fifty percent of of your available truckers that can go into California. they just won't even go in there now because of that. Then you have your mm-hmm. longshoremen, you have your uh slow walking these uh unloadings as well. So you have a little union situation there where they're either following orders from the our heads at the Department of uh Transportation or whatever uh that they were working only uh they weren't they were working eighteen hours, not twenty four and then not all the docks were open, like half of them were mm-hmm. open, so that's why you have this it isn't a demand thing because we never had a problem unloading boats in our past, so it's mm-hmm. all. Self-inflicted wounds. All these COVID restrictions. All these other things that we are slowly choking our economy to death. And this is well, government doing okay. this.
2: Hold, hold, hold on, just a second. Um, you know, I, I know about the uh, uh, the uh, the port situation out there in terms of the. Um,
3: Demands on
2: that those ports in terms of who uh, who is it President Biden who says we're going to go to uh, uh, 24/7 in those ports, but those those ports don't have enough people in them right now. Uh, the warehouse situation in Los Angeles they're bursting at the seams. Uh, they can't move the uh, uh, the uh, the boxes, so to speak, or the units uh, out of the uh, yards fast enough. So there, there, there is a huge problem. It's, part of it is government. I'll, I'll admit to that. Part of oh, it is strong They just passed those new standards. They, yeah. They yeah. just
4: passed those yeah. new standards so, for the trucks. They yeah. just passed those new standards for the trucks this mm-hmm. spring and summer. And
2: I I understand. But uh, there's also, even if... Even if you had these guys working 24/7, but you're not going to, you're not going to get 24/7 at those ports at San Pedro and uh, Long Beach. Uh, For probably, if you if you gave it a superhuman effort, you wouldn't get up to 24/7 for another six months at those ports. So, Um, and you're not going to be able to do that unless you coordinate everything. Uh, Right. Who is, uh, I remember the the guy in terms of uh, the the CEO of Mansk, who's that big uh, German uh, uh, cargo uh, shipper, the container shipper. He says, "Hey, we're running into inefficiencies everywhere. Uh, oh. We're running into them in the ports, in the storage, and the transfer, in the ships." Uh, so what did we just know, forget
4: there's... as a country how to unload ships? What happened
2: in no, the last six no. months? Well, it's basically part of it is is the demand, uh, the huge demand because of this uh, uh, thing. It's not all. It's not all the government. The government's. Well, it's.
4: I'll give it eighty percent. it's all government. I mean, all these problems are usually. All these problems are usually uh, rules and regulations that have been imposed. And it coincides exactly with all these things, with the truckers not being Mm -hmm. able to – people aren't even going there to pick them up. So if the warehouses are Mm -hmm. full and the trucks can't get in to pick them up, uh, how else are they going to be distributed? Because that's the way it works. We have a trucking industry. And if they're Mm -hmm. being cut off at the knees, then what? now what do we do do we uh, how come the media isn't reporting this how come uh we don't have any pressure to alleviate an emergency situation for the department of transportation which is which uh the the head of that was uh having uh daycare at home for three months uh yeah. taking is <laughs> taking it. a oh, taking uh, it. time on. off to oh. be with his child on
2: yeah oh, you're getting in you're, okay. you're getting into the, you're getting into the politics of this whole thing. This is not a political show. It's a it's a show that says, "Hey, we basically uh, have economic problems here. You know, the government the government can cause those problems, cause some of them, but basically what you have is uh, uh, people that are coming out of a lockdown in the in this COVID situation, and they want to buy things. They want to buy houses. They want to buy cars. And, you know, just like in the car situation, there's a uh, the COVID. The COVID has screwed up the uh, uh, computer chip uh, productions. And uh, uh, now you've got cars that uh, if you go buy a car, uh, you end up with a uh, uh, on a waiting list, and you can track your car as it moves through the factory, but you still don't have a car. Uh, one of the things that is, is affecting people right now and concerning people right now is the uh, inflation. And uh, one place we, we looked at it was the CPI, the Consumer Price Index, and the PPI, the Producer price index. But we can also look at the University of Michigan uh, Consumer Sentiment Survey. There's some perspective of uh, uh, the consumer's intentions in terms of purchasing major items, the homes, cars, refrigerators. But November survey was down to lows not seen in a decade because consumers are worried about the impact of inflation on their standard of living. Uh, this is particularly true for the lower-income responders and the senior citizens. According to the November Survey of Consumer Sentiment, it dropped down to 66.8 uh, in November from 71.7 in uh, October. Those I thought the October numbers were low, but now they're even lower, according to... Uh, the survey of the chief economist, Richard Gurdon, consumers quote consumer sentiment fell in early November to its lowest level in a decade, due to an escalating inflation rate and the growing belief among consumers that no effective policies have yet been developed to reduce the damage from surging inflation. One in four consumers cited inflation. Inflationary reductions in their living standards in November, with lower income and older consumers voicing the greatest impact, nominal income gains were widely reported. But when asked about inflation-adjusted gains, half of all families uh, anticipated reduced real incomes next year. So rising prices for homes, vehicles, and durables was reported more frequently. Than any other time in more than half a century, the reaction of consumers to surging inflation should be no surprise as has been reported for the past several months. The description that inflation should be transient uh, has the overtone that consumers could grin and bear it as economic policies counted on a quick and automatic self-correction to supply and labor shortages. Instead, the pandemic caused economic dislocations unlike any prior recession and is becoming an intertwined with partisan interpretations of economic development. So, what you're seeing is that uh, it's noticed, it's noticed particularly by the people who are, who are anticipating that their uh, standard of living is going to be impacted this next year. And uh, the, uh, the, the uh, mood of, the, the continues on, This uh, Richard Curtin, he's a chief economist, continues on with the moods of uh, consumers play a central role in how inflation is processed and positive moods promote more casual and less detailed information processes and negative uh, modes Promote more formal and deliberate information process, especially potential negative uh, uh, developments. So, people are noticing it, especially or driving up the the inflationary numbers. And the the sooner we uh, get a hold of it, the better. I'll give you some. uh, some information with regard to comments from the uh, 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 comments from the uh, managers in the uh, uh, manufacturing industry. according to the computer and electronics uh, people, uh, global supply chains uh, issues continue. Getting anything from China is near impossible. Extreme delays. Microchip and circuit breaker shortages continue and are expected to continue into 2022. Uh, Let's talk to the chemical products people. They say business is getting stronger, but the supply chain is getting worse every day. About transportation transportation equipment, they say strong sales continue. However, we are diverting chips uh, to our highest margin vehicles and stopped or limited the the low-margin vehicle production schedules about uh, fabricated metal products. Domestic original equipment manufacturers' capital expenditure spending is trending up for our business. We are seeing an increase in capital uh, equipment with lifespans of more than 10 years in the fourth quarter. about uh, electrical equipment, demand continues to be strong, but we continue to be held back by supply chain issues, logistical display de- delays, as well as capacity and labor issues at suppliers. It goes on and on, but basically if, if the real message is there
3: <clears throat>
2: that the orders are up, the, uh, the uh, shipments are up month after month and we still can't beat the demand uh, because the demand is so strong. And, of course, the the uh, COVID and then all the government regulations and everything else are constricting the, the supply. So uh, we're we'll just it's just a matter of fighting your way through uh, until, until we get to the end of this thing. So uh, what I'm seeing is a, is a strong economy uh, that will... You know, once we get through these uh, supply chains and the COVID, uh, we'll we'll really take off in, in terms of uh, the capabilities and the direction we become. So, uh, I, I'm not saying green and barrett, it, but uh, it's going to be a hard sledding for the future. Yet. This is Jim McAleese, listening to Get Rich Slow. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back. There are times when you get frustrated when you're learning a new skill or performing a difficult task. But here's a story about encouragement. A few months ago, a friend of mine joined a gym. There was a personal trainer who worked out and did his own routine every day with quiet determination. After a couple weeks of watching him do chin-ups, he broke away from her exercise group and asked him if she could try a chin-up. He eagerly stepped aside and encouraged her to step up to the bar. She pulled herself up once, then twice. That's all she had in her. He pushed her up the third and the fourth pole. The next day, when she was done her workout, she asked him to spot her again. Again he did she did two of them. Two on day three and so on. She thought it was pathetic since she could only do two. But when she came to the gym at the end of the week, he said he was really impressed with her chin ups. He told her that they were, he had been training firefighters, and the men are required to do five chin ups, and the women are required to do one or two. He explained that most people can't do any at all. He further said that if she practiced every day, she would be doing five or six in no time. Because she didn't know any better, because he told her she could. She saw us no reason to doubt it. She dove, it, jumped in and gave it a try. No one told her that she couldn't do it. In fact, she was encouraged to try. We all need to learn how important it is to support others and ourselves and our endeavors and believe we can do it rather than saying we can. So this week let's take the time to notice those around us who are really trying. Let's provide the helping hand. With these words of encouragement that will help them succeed. And until we meet again next week, for more of Get Rich Slow, may God protect you and keep you safe.
1: You have been listening to Get Rich Slow with host Jim McAleese. For an outline and registration form regarding the Money School series, call 440-647-2793. For a complete list of books written by Tama McAleese, call 440-647-2793. Or to make an appointment with Jim regarding your own personal financial issues, call 440-647-2793. Jim will be back with Get Rich Slow next Saturday morning on 1420 WHK with more common sense finance strategies for financial winners. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group, Inc., a member of FINRA and CIPIC. Cornerstones Consultant, Inc. is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group, Inc.